cloud is powering tomorrow's transformative missions. Federal agencies are partnering with SAIC to help them meet these critical moments, where bold moves require confident blueprints, where you can accelerate transformation through consistency, where you can innovate forward and never look back. SAIC quickly and securely migrates large-scale workloads to the cloud with the confidence you need to assure your mission. Learn more at SAIC.com slash cloud. Hello, this is Paola DeVescovi, your host at the Prosperity On Air podcast. And today we have episode 25. A different angle to the past episodes, and usually we are very focused on um, entrepreneurship, uh, running your business, uh, business owners, professionals, or solopreneurs. And this time, as I said, the angle is a little bit different, and we will be speaking about the corporate environment. My guest is a specialist, an expert in the field, Lara Nurmahomed. I hope I have pronounced her name correctly. Lara is a business coach and she helps women who want to get a promotion, a raise and are working towards achieving a six-figure salary. So women who are in the corporate world. She helps them navigate a corporate system which is not very friendly towards women by finding their voice and gaining the skills and assertiveness needed to get what they need. We will be speaking about uh, several topics. Uh, and uh, one important thing that Lara stresses throughout the entire uh, conversation that we've had is the difference between needing and wanting and the importance of focusing on what you really need to be able to get connected with who you really are. And this allows you to create your story, to find your voice, to get in touch with your needs, to your values, to your worth. So when you are able to really focus on what you need right now and say out loud, because you are worth it, this is the moment that you really start designing and living your life on your own terms. Lara is uh, another of the amazing speakers at the Women Who Dare to Desire conference taking in place in London in January, 31st of January, 2020. Amazing women that I'm really honored to interview these days leading to the conference. It's an opportunity really for me to introduce them to you before the conference takes place. So for those of you who are interested in coming to the conference, where I can assure you, you will get a lot of inspiration. You will be able to network with amazing women. It's an international conference. So there are people uh, coming also from 
Italy and probably the Netherlands and maybe other countries, different parts of the UK. So it's really a great opportunity to be there. So it's an honor and a pleasure for me to be able to introduce them to you before the conference so that you really have an opportunity to get to know them better, maybe also visiting their websites and getting in touch with them before the conference itself. And for this conference, I want to thank the person who first had the idea and uh, the desire to create this uh, uh, privileged and sacred space for women so that we are really able to speak our voice, get to know each other, create synergies and opportunities. And this is an amazing woman and coach, Deborah Luzzi. So now without, without any further ado, let's now listen to this conversation that I have had with Lara. It's full of inspiration, full of insights. So enjoy. for being with me today. Thank you. Uh, I have already said something about you and what you do, but you know, I would like you to say something to my audience and say, you know, what you do, uh, who you work with and whatever you feel important just to introduce yourself. Brilliant. Uh, so my name is Lara and uh, I um I'm a business coach working with women who are employed and they are looking for the next big promotion, their next raise, but above all, looking for recognition in the workplace. And um, it's really interesting because uh, initially when I started thinking about, you know, what kind of coaching should I do and who should I help? Um, I actually started kind of drawing from my own experience and all the experience that I've had in the corporate world, which is something that never even crossed my mind. But, you know, having been through situations where um, I had to navigate toxic environments, um, you know, behaving like someone else I could be accepted and, you know, in that way, potentially being uh, promoted or given a raise, um, being in situations where I've been bullied at work because, you know, I believed in sticking to my values and being authentic when actually that wasn't accepted. Um, so I thought, actually, it's not just me going through this. And the reason why I'm saying that is whenever I've came out of one of those difficult situations, there was always someone that would come to me and say, oh, you know, I don't know what's happening right now. You know, I have this person behaving like this towards me, or, uh, you know, I've been sent this email or I've been told that I can only do this. And I thought, wait a second, I know this. I've been through this. So I thought might as well just put myself out there um, and actually work with women that want to be in the same position I was at a certain point, which was to say, no, stop right there. I know what I want to do. I know why I want to do it. And I know how and who I want to be to do what I need to do. Um, and funnily enough, the moment that I started taking control, and I know that this sounds terrible, particularly because of, you know, what we hear nowadays of taking control. <laughs> but 
when I started taking control of my career, of how I felt about myself, how I wanted to put myself out there in, in the workplace, I went from you know, being told what to do and what salary I could have to actually saying, I'm not working with you because you're not offering me the right salary or your salary doesn't match my experience or I have so much more to offer. So, you know, if it's not what I'm asking for, I'm sorry, but I'm not going for it. And funnily enough, within the space of less than a year, I was actually earning more than I ever earned in my life after saying, you know, this is what I want to be paid. And that was roughly 15% more. And I was doing something that I really wanted to do. Yes. So when you are really aligned with what you really want and you put yourself first, so as a priority rather than living based on somebody else's agenda and goals and uh, beliefs, and you are really yourself, you can create the life that you want and the conditions that you want. And this is an, such an important message, especially for women, isn't it? Absolutely. And I think there's always this fear that if you become who you want to be or you become who you are, which is the most important thing, you know, because it's suppressed from an early age, it's conditioned from an early age. If you become who you are, everyone's going to shun you. Everyone's going to tell you that, you know, you're a horrible person, you're, you know, you're mean or you're, you know, bitchy or, you know, there's always a negative connotation to being who you are. And I know that this is overused and particularly, you know, in coaching circles, but being authentic to who you are means that you can actually just go by, create your own story. That's basically it, create your own story. And to be able to do that, you have to have lots of guts. And that's what I found out because it's, um, it's a really lonely path when you go and say, okay, I'm going to go against the grain. I'm going to go against the status quo. Everything is going to, and everyone is going to try to bring you back to what they think is baseline and quash you because by doing that, then, you know, they feel comfortable because the thing is they're not worried about you. They're worried about themselves. Exactly. You know, what do I feel comfortable with? You know, if I have a toxic environment and I survived in the toxic environment, I want a toxic environment to survive, you know, rather than have this person just upset everything and put you in a position where you just think, oh my God, I'm a bad person. Oh my God, what am I doing? You know, make you doubt yourself because that's the only way that they continue to feel safe. Just terrible. And this is also the reason why so many women don't go after what they want i mean they may be aware of what they want and what they want to be that is themselves but they are afraid that then they are going to be you know um, stopped and criticized and pushed down and so they stop going after their dreams yes definitely and and if you think about you know not just in terms of the workplace but particularly history you have so many examples of women that said no i'm going to do what i want i'm going to be myself and they were branded all kinds of things they were branded um angry um you know selfish selfish is the biggest one you know you're selfish um you know you um you just want these things because uh, you know there's something wrong with you yeah yeah and i think this is a big one as well there's something wrong why can't you be happy with what you're given why can't you be happy with the system? 
Why can't you be happy with this amazing workplace, you know, all glittery and, and you know, where people pretend that they like each other? Uh, why can't you be happy with that? Because we pay you a salary. But there's a lot more to it than just um, just playing a part. And I think more and more women now, you know, it's not all doom and gloom. More and more women now are, are starting to think, wait a second, this doesn't work for me. I'm ill all the time. I'm tired all the time. Uh, I have to make terrible choices like, should I have a career or should I have a family? You know, you should never be made to choose. Um, should I um, be in a position where I become like, you know, a male counterpart that is quite aggressive or that is quite, you know, I think assertive, but actually is arrogant and mean um, and rude. Uh, not that, you know, I'm not saying that that's the case with all men, by the way, but what I'm trying to say is there's this perception that as a woman, you're supposed to be good at mm. work. As a woman, you're supposed to not raise your voice. As a woman, you're not supposed to show your frustration. You know, if you're in a meeting and you show your frustration, people will look at you and be like, oh God, you know, what, what happened to her today? You know, did she, you know, uh, wake up on the wrong side of the bed? Or uh, is it the time of the month type of thing? You know, there's always something. Whereas if a guy raises his, um, his voice in a meeting, people just think he's really decisive. And he's assertive. He knows what he wants. You know, so, so it's actually breaking these perceptions and working with people to realize that even though there's this perception that they can do something about it without having to, you know, put themselves in front of an incoming train, basically. You know, nobody wants to be the one that gets completely destroyed so someone else can actually, you know, reap the benefits. But that, that's how things are geared up at the moment still to happen, even though there's a lot of change coming. So knowing, you know, the, um, the corporate uh, environment so well, uh, what are three things that, you know, affect the... Uh, success, uh, sorry, affect women's success in the workplace? Yep. Uh, one of them I mentioned already, which is perception. You know, this perception of having to be um, meek, nice and agreeable yeah. to actually be able to make it. Or uh, um, Cheryl um, Sandberg from Facebook, uh, she says that you have to lean in, you know, go with whatever the culture is and, you know, uh, lean into that culture and then grow from there. So assimilate, basically. Yes. And that puts you in, a, in a, a position of disadvantage, in my view, because basically you're just doing what you're told, in a way, and doing what is acceptable, rather than looking at your own path and thinking, what do I need? Because this is not about what we want, you know, I can say, oh, I want to, to earn uh, a million in the next five years and most likely achieve it. But that doesn't mean that I've done the right things to get there. You know, when I say the right things, I'm talking about the right things for myself that go with my path. You know, does that mean that I'm working 20 hour days? Does that mean that I can't have a family? Does that mean that I've cut myself off from my family and friends? You know, are those the, the, the things that I want to do to be able to achieve that million? Yeah, yeah. You know? What if it's different and I can actually say, I need to be supported at work. I need to have a schedule that actually allows me to 
do what I need to do and do it really, really well. And, you know, um, be able to bring my own brilliance, bring my own self into the work that I do within those hours and then get to the end of the day and leave. And life goes on because I've done everything that I need to do. Right. Um, Or do I, uh, you know, just go against everything and just, you know, take my pitchfork and just start fighting everything and just making everyone really uncomfortable around me. I would say it's, it's the middle option. You know, you can work within the boundaries, but still ask for what you need. So that's perception. Um, The other one I've mentioned already as well, it's becoming like someone else and particularly becoming like our male counterparts. We believe that to be able to make it, we have to become tough. We have to become mean. We have to become ruthless. And that's mainly because we've been told that that's, you know, what it should be because that's the example that is given by men. Again, this is not a way to say that men are bad. That is not what I'm trying to say. But what I'm trying to say is that this has been encouraged, which I think is a massive disservice to both men and women. Yeah, yeah. An absolute disservice. And the reality is you need to be assertive. Again, we go back to needing rather than wanting. You need to be assertive. You need to be able to say, I'm not happy with this because, and actually have a valid argument that goes with it. Being able to say, do you know, I feel really frustrated right now. Um, Maybe I need to um, step away from this meeting and then come back to this later and protect yourself in that way. Rather than thinking, if I shout really loud, if I'm a downright bitch, then, you know, things are going to be exactly as I want it to be. Which then, you know, breeds uh, the, the third one, which I think is terrible, which is fear. Believing that the only way to make it in the workplace is for you to have everyone fear you. That's not it. It's actually respect. And respect can only be achieved if you work with people and you are yourself and you are vulnerable within limits as well. Because saying, I feel really frustrated by this is vulnerable. It's really, really vulnerable and, and it's really, really important. And, you know, I think without these, you know, changing these three things, it is quite difficult in the um, current corporate environment for us to actually be able to move forward and have more women, you know, in boards. Everyone is saying, well, you know, we have more women now than we did in, you know, 2010. Absolutely. But at what price? What's the cost? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wrote down a uh, couple of notes inspired by what you said and um, you um, you said that you know very often one thing women tend to do in the in the in a corporate environment is to um, act like their man counterparts so my question is how would you describe uh, more I don't want to say feminine, maybe yes, feminine uh, leadership style. So how can we lead by being true to our femininity? Well, first of all, I think you need to find your voice, your true voice, not the voice that you think other people want to hear, which is what we do all the time because we're always in our heads. And I know that this may sound a bit... um, 
uh, ethereal, but it's not. It's what do I need right now? Actually being able to look at what you need right now, whether that's I need more time and be able to, you know, voice that. Um, whether it's um, saying I'm frustrated, I'm upset right now. And being able to voice it in a way that is uh, compassionate towards you and compassionate towards the person that you're dealing with or people that you're dealing with. Um, the other thing is, you know, don't be afraid to, to create because that's what we are. We are creative beings. You know, and from my own experience, one of the things that I noticed is that the more I try to lean in and the more I try to, you know, be like men, the, the least creative I was because I was following the structure that has already been put in place that says that you have to do this. And if you try to do anything else, you know, you're, um, you know, you're trying to, to bring revolution to the workplace, you know, when, when actually all I wanted was to be creative and I started questioning and in the beginning, not very well, in the beginning, not very well questioning some of those things. Um, and I've seen other women in the same position, you know, where they question something, but you know, it's trial and error. That's the other thing. Be comfortable with the fact that whatever you do, especially at this point in time, is trial and error, and it's not going to be perfect as well. And the moment that you know that, it kind of frees you up a little bit and takes away the pressure of, you know, trying to be something that you are not. And I think that's the biggest message. Do not try to be something that you are not. Yeah. And do not use the structure that is in place to justify the fact that, you know, you may be scared to, to actually tap into things that so far you've been told, you know, are wrong. Nothing's ever wrong, you know. Yeah. yeah. And another question, which is in a way related to this, uh, very dear to my heart, because it, you know, concerns an age group that I belong to. <laughs> which is, you know, the over 50 age group. And uh, a phenomenon that we observe a lot here in Italy is what is called ageism. So the discrimination against a certain uh, people of a certain age. And so they have fewer opportunities. Maybe they are stopped in their career. Um, they are not valued enough. And maybe they can be assigned to jobs that are, you know, uh, not at the level of their qualifications. Um, do you observe the same? And do you, you know, had to do you have clients that are experiencing this sort of situation? <laughs> Do you know why I'm laughing? Because you say, oh, you know, it's something that uh, we have a lot here in Italy. Now, it's the world around. Uh, Portugal is terrible. After you hit 30, that's it. You're not employable anymore. Oh, yeah. Okay? Um, here in the UK, everyone is making this big thing about, you know, uh, women over a certain age. But then, you know, you look at the BBC and they have this problem with pay gaps where, you know, male counterparts that are of the same age, you know, between 50 and, and over, uh, are earning 10, 20 times more and women are having to go to court to actually try and get as, as you know, try and get what, what's well, owed to them, what, what's actually uh, their value. So that's why I started laughing because um, it's really interesting. Um, there's a couple of, uh, there are a couple of people that have exactly that issue. Um, 
you know, they're, they're hitting 50. Some of them have hit 50 and they're, they're suffering discrimination at all levels. And that comes from men and women, which is, which is, it's, it's me speechless, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. It's unbelievable because for instance, there's, there's someone um, who, you know, started going through the menopause quite recently and she's been very unwell most of the time. And the interesting thing about this woman is that she's been working for this company for almost 30 years. So she's given her best years to this company. And um, she actually made a comment to um, her manager, a woman, um, who younger. is also, sorry? Younger. No, no. Oh. In her 50s as well. Oh, okay. So also going through the menopause. And she said, you know, I'm thinking that this woman is going to understand it because they're going through the same thing. She said, well, you know, I'm, um, I'm going through this situation. I feel unwell many times. You know, I have poor sleep. Sometimes I feel so unwell that I can't actually come to work. And uh, I was wondering whether I could have a little bit more flexibility and sometimes work from home more often uh, so on and so forth. And this manager turned round to her and said, oh, I'm going through the same thing and I don't have any of the symptoms that you're talking about. So I don't see any reason why you should be treated in a special way. And I just thought, no wonder, you know, women over 50 don't uh, want to be in working environments sometimes because they are completely invisible at all levels. And when you have this done by men, you just think, oh, you know, there's a disconnect. They don't understand, which is true. You know, there isn't much out there to actually explain what you go through after a certain age. But at the same time, to have it done by women is a double slap in the face. Yes. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's just, it's actually terrifying because hers is not the only story. There's someone else that, uh, you know, is, is struggling right now because uh, her boss uh, wants her out of the company just because, you know, she's going through this. And um, she's also someone that is trying to find her own path. You're a threat, therefore you, you need to be removed. And the thing is, a woman over 50 is beyond an, ac an asset to any company. There's the experience you know, 30 years, why would you throw that out of the window? There's the experience. There's the fact that these women, you know, they, they, they've come into their own. Now that they can just be themselves. Now they know who they are. There's no doubt. They can actually go out there and make things happen, which they do try and do, but they have to be stopped in their tracks, mainly because they become a threat. It's not about the age. It's about the fact that women over 50 come with, a completely different package and a package that can actually mean real change to the workplace. Yeah. And we go back to what we were talking about. They have to be put down to baseline because they're a threat in someone else's, you know, mind. So Lara, how, what do you do when you work with men, women? How, how do you help them? Uh, first of all, uh, really identifying, um, you know, yes, the issues, but above all, what do you need? And I actually make the distinction because they'll say, oh, you know, I want to be promoted. I want to get a raise. You know, that's great. I want to get recognition. That's absolutely great. But what is it exactly that you need at this point in time? 
because then the, 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 the mindset shifts completely. It's like, oh, I've never thought about what it is that I need. That's vital. Because the moment that you're in touch with what you need, you start realizing that some of the things that you're doing are actually counterproductive. So that's one of the sides. The other thing is looking into what limiting beliefs you have. You know, especially if you're over 50, let's say, or if you're in your 40s, you just had a child, you know, you've gone back to work. Now you're being told that maybe you're not as sharp as you could have been because, you know, you sleep deprived, you have a baby, you have a family and all of these things. You know, do you believe this? Did you all of a sudden become not good enough? You know, did you stop being able to do uh, your work? So actually going into those limiting beliefs and busting those limiting beliefs. It's not about uh, having women doing affirmations, even though I do think that affirmations have their time and place, but actually working Mm -hmm. with the part of your brain that, you know, becomes active, which is your emotional part, which becomes active and takes over the moment that you try to make a change. Yeah. So working with those limiting beliefs. And finally, um, actually putting a, a plan in place, which is your plan. You know, not mine, not the one that you've seen in the magazine. No, a plan in place that is yours, that is definitely going to work for you. And it's not just saying, um, I want to make, you know, a million in the next five years. I'm going to take these steps. No, it's I'm going to do that. Plus, what's going to get in the way? How can I counter what's going to get in the way? What am I going to do when I'm feeling really down and, you know, I've been beaten by every single thing, you know, in my company and I really don't want to get up. Actually putting something in place that addresses absolutely everything, the good, the not so good. And then that takes you to your objective. Yeah. yeah. And uh, tell me, I know why being a coach, but I would like you to say why it is important for women and for women working in a you know, corporate environment to work with a coach. Because I think that the coach gives you a perspective that is non-judgmental and above all provides you with a framework that you potentially haven't explored yourself by asking you questions, by really exploring you, how you think, how you react, how you respond and your path. And I think sometimes people say, oh, but I have a mentor, brilliant. You have some, someone that can actually show you the ropes. This is about showing you, you. Exactly, exactly. You know, getting in touch with, with, with who you are and accepting, love, lovingly accept who you are with all your, you know, great sides and, you know, all your, your flaws and actually put it all together in a neat package and say, I'm really proud of who I am. You know, and I think that's the work that the coach does without being judgmental with, you know, exploring through questions, you know, through compassionate inquiry, really. And that's why it's really important. And what is your mission? What do you see, (laughs) you know, in the year ahead or years ahead? What, yeah, what is the kind of impact that you want to make? Because I'm sure you, you have something in mind. Yes, absolutely. If I had my way, I would have every single woman in the world that works for a company, you know, be able to say, 
I need this and I'm going to get it because, you know, I'm worth it. That's my mission is to actually work with women all over the world that are going to be in a position to say, this is me. This is what I bring in. And this is what I need in return without having any fear of being pushed back. Because, you know, at the moment when I thought about it, the first thing that came to my head was, oh, no, too ambitious. You know, <laughs> oh, no. You know, how can you do that? Oh, no. Oh, no. And actually, I thought, do you know, the biggest movements in history starting started with such a crazy idea. Absolutely. And this is not a crazy idea. It started already. It started already. You know, so this is just making sure that it's at the forefront and people now more than ever, women now more than ever are saying, oh, no, I'm worth it. I'm going to do this. I know it sounds like the ad, but it's true. But it's true. And that's my mission is to actually go out there, go into every single company and have people say, oh, I don't want this person here because she's going to make my women rebel. And it's like, damn right, I will. <laughs> and that's the whole point, because yeah. if they rebel, then they're going to bring something good to your business. So yeah. that's my mission. I would go on and on and on talking, <laughs> honestly, but we have to wrap up also because I don't want to, you know, use too much of your time. So what is a message that you want to give my audience? My message is, no matter how hard it gets, no matter how many times you think you have to be something or someone else, don't. Just be yourself. And the reason why that's vital is because if you're not yourself, if you're not true to yourself and to your essence, you're automatically squandering probably the biggest opportunity that you've been given in this life. No one has been put in this world to be a copy of something or someone else. Everyone's been put in this world to be creative. Everyone has been put in this world to bring something unique to themselves and to those around them. So every single time when you wake up in the morning and you think, oh, I should do this, or I should do that, stop it. It's, I'm going to do this. I need this this morning. I need this today. I need this this month or this year because I know for a fact that by doing so, I'm bringing something good to myself and the world. This is a That's beautiful it. message. Really, thank you. And we need to be reminded messages like this because, yes, we are unique. Each and every one of us is unique and we deserve to be able to express our uniqueness and creativity and bring our contribution to, to this world. So Laura is another of the amazing speakers at the Women Who um, Dare to Desire conference taking place in London on uh, the 31st of January, uh, 2020. So I invite you who are listening to us, if you already are in London, to register for this event. I will put the links uh, in the show notes of the episode. And if you are not living in London, maybe you can plan a weekend and spend a few days there because there are so many women that I, honestly, whom I feel so honored 
to interview these days so that you start knowing them before being able to meet them in person in London. And uh, uh, Lara, I will also put all your links in the show note of the episodes. So I encourage uh, all my listeners to uh, visit those links and get to know more about you and get in touch with you to be helped if you are women working in corporate environments. Lara is there for you. Brilliant. Thank you so much. And thanks so much for this opportunity. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm looking forward to seeing you in January. I am too. It's just really exciting. Really, really exciting. Whatever business you're in, growth isn't just about getting bigger. At ADP, we believe it's about getting stronger by turning data into insights so you can build teams that work as teams. By using our AI technology to help catch payroll errors before their errors. And by keeping ahead of thousands of changing regulations so you can keep ahead of everything else. ADP helps businesses like yours grow stronger every day. ADP, HR talent, time, and payroll.